In a moment, we'll be uh, reading from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13, verses 31 to 33. And we've mentioned before how the Gospel of Matthew uh, often refers to the kingdom of heaven. We need to understand again and be reminded that the kingdom of heaven doesn't only refer to when Jesus comes again. As Reformed Christians, we profess that the kingdom of heaven is already, but not yet. The kingdom of heaven is already present on earth, but hasn't yet fully arrived. In the meantime, God has us involved in something big. God has us involved in his kingdom work as partners working together with each other and with God, fulfilling his mission on earth today. So we are involved in something big. And small things can have very large impacts. So before we read from Matthew 13, let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for your word and for the story of salvation. We thank you that out of your grace, you have included us in this story. May we respond to you by being obedient to the calling that you've placed placed on each of our hearts. By going out on your behalf and with your power, making disciples and growing your kingdom here on earth. Bless the reading of your word and the proclamation that follows through your kingdom servants. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Matthew 13, verses 31 to 33. Matthew 13. Beginning reading at 31. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it's the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds come and perch in its branches. Jesus told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. Thanks be to God for his word. In the church, in the Ritter Church Renewal journey that we are on, we're following a book. And I believe that this book either is in the library or will be in the library shortly. So so take a look at the book. It's titled The Leader's Journey. And in this book, it begins with an illustration of how something that seems so small can actually be rather big. How small steps along a journey, like the Ritter journey, sometimes not even always noticeable, can produce an effect beyond their size. So the illustration is actually a rather simple baseball example. It asks us to consider the difference in salary between a professional baseball player whose batting average is 250 with one of 350. The player that's batting average is 250 is good. It's a good batting average. But the player that bats 350 is a superstar. The player that bats 350 would be making millions of dollars more and be the desired player to receive as a trade. But if you just think about it for a moment, from 250 to 350, 
is only one hit in every ten times at the plate. Ten times at the plate, only one more hit. That means about every two and a half games, the 350 average batter will make one more hit than the 250 player. This difference in performance seems very slight. But that slight performance difference is enormous on the baseball field. Sometimes a small difference can produce an enormous effect. These two parables that Jesus told in Matthew 13 would have been shocking for the people in that time to hear. The kingdom of God is being compared to a very, very tiny mustard seed and a small amount of yeast in dough. So these parables are indicating that the kingdom of heaven has small beginnings. Now the people of Israel had misconceptions of the arrival of the kingdom. The Jews expected the kingdom to be restored. The kingdom to them at this time was the kingdom of Israel. Because for centuries, the prophets from Obadiah to Isaiah to John the Baptist, they were building up, building up a climax to the birth and the coming of the Savior. They prophesied the coming of the Savior, the coming of the kingdom. The Savior would arrive and restore the kingdom. And the Savior finally arrived. And this Savior did not restore the kingdom of Israel as expected. The Israelites didn't get the results that they thought they sh should have occurred. There wasn't this big fanfare. There wasn't this big inauguration. And they probably would have asked, was the kingdom really here? In fact, did even the Savior arrive? Jesus teaches his people that the kingdom is here. It is here on earth. In the first parable, Jesus teaches us that the kingdom of heaven has small beginnings. And Jesus compared the kingdom of heaven to a mustard seed. And a mustard seed is very tiny. It appears to be very insignificant. At most, it's as large as, as a ball in a ballpoint pen. And after this tiny and insignificant little seed is planted and germinates, it grows into a large, thriving plant. Now Jesus refers to this plant as a tree. It doesn't really grow as a tree. He's using a form of exaggeration to get his point across to something so small can grow into something so large. How something so small can have such a large impact. And most Israelites probably had a garden and, and it would have been the largest of the plants in the garden. The seed could grow up to a plant that's probably three meters or ten feet tall. The mustard seed could be one of the largest garden plants and yield up to 11,000 seeds per plant. This tiny little mustard seed will turn into something very large, creating more and more seeds and something very prosperous making a safe haven, as this passage states as well, for the birds. Now, verse 32, the mustard seed is referred to as the smallest of all seeds, and it's translated literally as the, the least of seeds. The least of seeds can produce such an abundance. And as we look through the Bible, we are reminded what great things have come from the least. Creation came out of nothing. 
Salvation came through a baby born in a stable. Luke chapter 9, verse 48, Jesus says, For he who is least among you all, he is greatest. Isaiah 60, verse 22, Isaiah prophesied that the least of you will become a thousand, the smallest, a mighty nation. We cannot underestimate that which appears so insignificant. The kingdom of heaven has a small beginning. But over time, this small beginning will bring about great restoration and salvation through Jesus Christ. It's in the second parable with the yeast that Jesus teaches us that the kingdom of heaven will also have an impacting and everlasting future. The translation that we read said that the yeast was mixed into about 60 pounds of flour. And 60 pounds was a large amount of flour. And it would have made enough bread for well over 100 people at one meal. Now, ancient Israel was a culture where people usually made food from day to day just for the needs in the household, not in large quantities. So Jesus here was again using an exaggerated story, this time about a woman making enough bread to feed about 100 people. Also, generally in the Bible, that when yeast was talked about, it was used as a negative metaphor because it's a fungus that permeates the food. Yeast infects the whole batch of dough. Jesus often compared the yeast to moral corruption and as sin infecting a person. But in this parable, however, yeast was not referred to negatively. Jesus was using a positive example of the yeast to indicate that, a very, that in very small quantities, when added to dough, the yeast has an influence. And it thoroughly pervades the dough. <coughs> Once yeast gets into that dough, there's no way of removing the yeast. It's in the dough for good. Once the yeast starts to work, it's impossible to stop. The effects of the yeast cannot be reversed. The fermenting process continues to proceed. The yeast has this internal power and leaves nothing unaffected. It impacts the whole batch. In this parable, the New International Version also states that a woman took the yeast and mixed it. Mixed it in the dough. Jesus actually uses the word that a woman took the yeast and hid it. Hid it in the dough. The yeast is hidden. And there's still a sense today that the kingdom of God is hidden. There's still that sense that the kingdom of God is is only futuristic. Well, the kingdom of God is futuristic. And we look forward to when Jesus returns again. But the kingdom of God is also very present. And the kingdom of God is not always visible to us either. It may appear hidden at times. But that doesn't mean it does not have an impact and influence in this world. Earlier in the message, I referred to Isaiah 60, verse 22 where Isaiah prophesied the words of the Lord, saying, The least of you will become a thousand, the smallest a mighty nation. Isaiah continues in the same verse, I am the Lord. In its time, I will do this swiftly. The kingdom of heaven will happen swiftly, 
But this will happen in God's time. It's like watching a batch of dough rise. You can watch it. Just stay there and watch it. And it'll appear it's not doing anything. Nothing's happening. But yet over time, the dough has risen and the yeast has done its work. The kingdom may have small beginnings. The kingdom may appear hidden. But God, through His people and the power of the Holy Spirit in His people and in His church, are at work. The kingdom of God has begun on earth. But it's not complete. And because it's not complete, we're called to continually be active participants in the kingdom of God. At times, it might appear that this world is in chaos. As mentioned earlier, that today marks the 15 years of the tragic and heinous events of terrorism in New York, Washington, and Pennsylvania. But also even terrorism before these events occurred. Terrorism following these events. There's many acts of terrorism. There's many acts of sin in this world. And there's times that we cry out, God, where are you? God, where is your kingdom on this earth? Well, this parable reminds us that God's kingdom permeates that sinful world. That God's kingdom is at work bringing about salvation by God's grace. The kingdom of heaven has small beginnings and has an impacting presence. The kingdom of heaven also requires active participants. In these two parables, Jesus used examples of farming and household chores. And Jesus used both a man actively sowing seed and a woman actively hiding yeast. Two people, just like you and I, just ordinary people. And these were two tasks that were being used that were just everyday, ordinary tasks during this time period. These were not passive activities. There was work involved, and the man and the woman were actively involved in their roles. And these ordinary tasks, as mundane and insignificant as they may have appeared, resulted in being involved in a process that yielded a large impact. The kingdom of heaven requires our action. This weekend I had the opportunity to watch a movie on Netflix called The Finest Hours. And this movie, maybe some of you have seen it, is based on a true story of a crew stranded off in the off the coast of Massachusetts and they're on their tanker the ship has been split in half the ship is sinking some of the crew has already died and there's a remainder of the crew just kind of standing there praying together for those who pass away but also for their own safety and as they're praying one of the crew members states okay I think that we've prayed enough now we have to take action Prayer is necessary, but prayer and action go together. God's word and action go together. The kingdom of heaven requires our action. We can't sit idle. We have work to do. And it may not necessarily be hard work, but there is work. 
It may be that Jesus calls us to cross that ocean to proclaim the good news of the kingdom and salvation. But it may be that Jesus calls us to simply cross the street and proclaim this good news. It's in our ordinary, everyday tasks that we are able to be active participants in the kingdom of God. Again, in this parable, Jesus used ordinary tasks. He used both a man and a woman. He used male and female to illustrate that it's not simply one or the other, but both are to be involved in expanding the kingdom of heaven. A man and woman involved in ordinary tasks. A man and a woman who just don't appear to be very important people, but that was the point. God will use anybody for his purposes. Male, female, Jew, Gentile, young, old. He will use the least of people. He will use those who think that they have little impact. We might think that, who are we that we're being used for God's plans? Well, we are. We are being used for His purposes. In the uh, daily devotional, today devotional, put out by the Christian Reformed Church, Last month, there was a certain line that resonated with me. It was from August 29. And I quote, said, We have been saved with a purpose. We have been saved with a purpose. To restore justice and righteousness in the culture around us. So that God will be glorified in the flourishing of all things. As believers, we like to hear the words that we've been saved. Saved by Jesus. But we have been saved for a purpose. Don't take these everyday purposes by God for his kingdom for granted. The kingdom of God starts off small, but has a huge impact. And the kingdom of God may remain hidden. You know, we may never even see the fruits of our labor, but God's in control. And he involves us in his kingdom work. And Jesus is calling us to be active in his kingdom and for his kingdom. And that's why we can't underestimate how each person present can be used by God through the power of the Holy Spirit to reflect the love of Jesus Christ. One thing we must be aware of is that we don't want to have any missed opportunities. James 4:17, if anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it's a sin for them. This is a serious statement. So let's not miss out on any opportunity that we're given to share the love of Jesus and to reflect that we are a follower of Jesus, active in his kingdom, saved for a purpose. Sometimes we just can't imagine how large an impact a caring word will mean to someone. Can't imagine how large an impact a handshake will make or a pat on the shoulder. This may be contact and association with a neighbor who's never attended church, perhaps reflecting love to a son or daughter who's not gone to church for decades, or perhaps just greeting someone who's come to church week after week. Maybe it's a hospital visit or or a telephone call. Can't imagine the impact we may have. Because many times the result is hidden from us. We simply need to believe that the kingdom of heaven is at work. And it might be like watching bread rise. It takes a small mustard seed to become a large mustard plant. And it will happen in God's time. Jesus started on this earth as a newborn baby. 
As an adult, he began a ministry that called 12 disciples to follow him. His disciples increased through his ministry, and at Pentecost, more were added. The church has continued to grow and will continue to grow. Jesus came to proclaim this kingdom and to call disciples to join in proclaiming his kingdom, his rule. Is there someone who does not recognize Jesus in their life? Are there communities who have not yet heard? Yes, there are. And we must continue to be active. Because we're not always able to see how God's kingdom is at work. But we know that his kingdom is present. And it is growing. We are involved in something big. Don't think that you have to be on the outreach committee or gifted in missions to reflect the love of Jesus. It's all our responsibility. In a world that's been tarnished with sin, we can continue to proclaim that the kingdom of God is ever-present. And we do this through the power of the Holy Spirit at work in us and sharing the love of Jesus Christ through our words and through our actions. The results will proceed at God's time. We must go to the edge of our comfort zones and take one more step. Going out into God's kingdom and making disciples to the glory of God. Amen. Let us pray. God, we praise you for your kingdom. We praise you that you are the king and that you are in control of your kingdom in heaven and on earth. We thank you for your work and that you call us to be partners in this work. So bless us as we participate as we participate and each take our roles in your kingdom. Forgive us for where we're not always obedient. And through the power of your Holy Spirit, equip and empower us to be bold when we need to and to be patient when we need to. Thank you that you are in control of the growth. We pray that your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.